0: newborn baby and feed the pride and joy he gives but greater still the calm assurance this child will face uncertain days because
1: pleasure for us Father to honour you and to worship you and to lift up your name Jesus um, I feel to, to look at just um, if you go with me to um, it's 1st uh, Chronicles chapter 16 just to continue on that vein of worship and and um, this word, word really um, ministered to me and actually somebody then, and I can't remember now, sorry, who, but somebody on the Zoom or in, in the meeting here on Thursday night read something and this was in it. Uh, was it you, Meg? Read Psalm 93. And I said, yeah. I was just reading that there over the last few days and I couldn't remember where I'd read it, but it was in here. And 1 um, Chronicles, chapter 16. And... It's David speaking when they brought the Ark of the Covenant back. Um, the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was what God had Moses build to house his presence. Okay, Because Jesus hadn't come yet, um, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, was only in one place. And so God had Moses and the people to build this elaborate um, Vessel or container, if you like, a box, ark, that housed um, his presence, and so it was his tabernacle, and it was, it was holy, and um, you know there were there were certain specifications about how it was made, who was allowed to touch it, who was allowed, and and they put in some of the manna. Into it, and um, you know, they, they it was a very elaborate piece, and there was a certain protocol or, or um, rules about how they were to carry it, because it was this—the holy presence of God was living inside of it. And you see, when Jesus came, that ark was kept in the temple then, when they did finally build the temple. But when Jesus came, and we discussed this, I think on Thursday night, on Zoom, and uh, was that. When he came and when he died on the cross, it says that the the darkness covered the earth when his life was ebbing away and the veil was torn and the veil was the curtain, this giant curtain that the Ark of the Covenant was hidden behind in the temple, but that the veil was ripped from top to bottom. So it was God who ripped it, not men, because nobody could, you know, if, if men were to have ripped it, they would have ripped it from the bottom up. But God ripped it from the top down and his presence left. And left with Jesus when, as Jesus died and the veil was torn. You can read it in the Gospels. And um, this chapter we're about to read here is where they, uh, this Ark of the Covenant, anyway, that housed the presence of God. Um, the Philistines had stolen it and had taken it from Israel and Israel had finally brought it back and got it back. And David was was, um, you know, rededicating, I suppose, um, rededicating it into its rightful place. But in in verse um, 25, and that's just what you, re- you sang, Aileen, um, verse 25, I didn't realise that. Um, will we read it together? For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods, For all the gods of the people are lifeless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendour and majesty are found in his presence. Strength and joy are found in his place, his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and honour and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory and honour due his name. Bring an offering of thanksgiving and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty and the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It will not be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all the things that fill it. Let the fields rejoice and all that is in it. Hallelujah. So, You know this is a a mighty psalm that david wrote a song of praise to god ascribing to god the greatness the glory the honor and the majesty due his name and you see the thing is is that this past week or two i've been observing that so many things are vying for our attention and and the the devil has really upped his game Uh, causing things to happen uh, with the situation that's going on in Ukraine and and in other places around the world as well where and possibly even as well even in your own lives I'm sure you know that there's been things that have been going on that have been trying to unsettle you or trying to disturb your peace and that is the devil trying to get your attention off of God and put it onto these mere idols really And, um, you know, I just think that we need to understand that as we worship the Lord and as we focus on him, what happens is, is that, like the song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus and all of the things of the world shall fade away. I'm after saying that wrong now, but anyway, that's basically what the song says. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face And the things of earth
0: will grow
1: strangely dim In the light of his glory and grace And that's the truth. Is that the things of the world, the things that are affecting us personally, affecting our families, affecting our nations or our finances or our health or whatever it is. Those things are sent by the enemy to try and knock you off uh, you know, of, your, of your security, of your rock. Uh, trying to rob you of your confidence and steal your hope and rob you of joy and take your peace and create turmoil and confusion. And so today, as we're here in this place, Father, I just pray, Lord, I just release the peace of God upon each person in this place. You said, Lord, that when we would go, um, he told his disciples, you know, when you go to a certain place, and I think we read this last week, if they receive you there, leave your peace there. Leave a blessing of peace on that place because If they receive you, they receive me, which is most interesting. And you see, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us now. He does not, God told us in in the book of Acts, when the veil was torn, the Spirit of God left that one place. And that's what Jesus said, when I go to be with the Father, I will send you the Holy Spirit and he will come and abide with you, dwell with you, inside of you. And he, what, what the Holy Spirit, why he lives inside of us is, is that when we ask Jesus to come into our lives and to be Lord of our lives, of every part of our lives, the Holy Spirit reconnects our dead spirit to God and then reignites and, and brings resurrection power. His power, the Holy Spirit power, is dunamis resurrection power. And that resurrection power will breathe life and hope and joy into every part of your being. And so, as Christians, we have to stop letting, and I'm, I'm talking to myself most of all in here, we have to stop letting the enemy whisper, oh, this isn't gonna work out, or shout, look at what's happening now, you're done for, you're never going to be able to do this. We have to stop listening to the voice of the devil and realize that the spirit of God is living inside of us and start magnifying and worshiping him and realizing that as we magnify him, those things that the enemy has tried to affect us with, they diminish down to nothing. And that's what he's saying here. Splendor and majesty are found in his presence. Strength and joy are found in his place, his sanctuary. You see, people are all today, you know, Sundays is a great day now for people to go discovering their inner self by going off on retreats or going off on challenges and, and all kinds of, you know, um, endurance, um sports and things like that they're trying to find joy and peace and rest in those things But and, and for a while they may and they may get a temporary joy but then you know in the dark of night when the storms uh, show up and when the wind blows and when the you know whatever attack or thing rages there's no joy and there's no peace anymore in that stuff because it was only human it was flesh but whereas you know in, when we realize that as we spend time with the lord and you giving him here you know the first of your day the first of the week if you like as well you are prioritizing the lord and you know um praise the lord and to be fair to you 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 never complain about how long it is (laughs) because uh that is something, you know, I think that the people have groomed themselves to say, well, I'll do some kind of a, a religious ritual and I'll pick to see where I can nip in and out of without having to have any big, long, drawn out kind of. But you see, the word of God is so rich. It, it, he deserves our attention because we think that we're doing him a favor. Uh, no, it's him who's ministering to us and in the middle of the week and in the middle of the night when the storm rages and stirs up it's only going to be what's inside of you the word of God that's going to come out and be an anchor for you and be a safe refuge and a hope it's the only it's only him and and people are very mixed up in the world there's such a spirit of confusion and distraction that is distracting people away from the truth and, and having them you know caught up Uh, In idols, really. And and he said that there, you know, the gods, in verse 26, the gods of the people are lifeless idols. He's not just talking about Buddhas and and statues and and things like that there. He's talking about the things that people put before God. And um, praise God, you know, he's so faithful, he's so merciful. And in verse 30, tremble reverently before him all the earth. You see, the earth is trembling at the moment, but they're not trembling because of God. They're trembling because of fear, because they've turned their back on God and given him the fingers and said, we don't need you. We want to do what we want to do. And now they're in trouble. And they are trembling. And they need to tremble. I'll tell you that much. It's a dangerous place to be, to turn your back on God. But it says here, the wor- world is firmly established. It will not be moved. Mm-hmm. And you know, down through the centuries, down through the generations, uh, there has been turmoil, there has been wars, there has been earthquakes, there has been great upheaval, there has been things that happened in people's lives and in their families. And guess what? You know, the sun comes up every morning. And unfortunately for people who are uh, have had to go through difficult things you know uh, unfortunately the sun comes up the next day and they have to go out and, and life goes on that's what people find you know they find it very difficult if they've been through a, a, a major trauma or, or a tragic loss bereavement of some kind you know their world stops but the world still goes on and it is firmly established. And and God, you know, he wants you to be an overcomer. He calls you an overcomer, in fact. He says you are more than a conqueror. Let's have a look at it in Romans chapter 8. And God did not come to condemn us. He, Jesus said... In John chapter 3, I did not come to condemn the world. We need to be careful of condemnation. We need to be careful of of criticising and condemning other people. But we also need to be very careful about criticising and condemning ourselves. And criticising and condemning God. And it's, it's the one thing that you'll see the minute something goes on. The first thing that comes is a backlash of condemnation. Why did God allow this to happen? Something, somebody does something or whatever. Why do they do that? My goodness, they're this and they're that and they're the other thing and they're whatever. And it's like condemnation and criticism. We make a mistake ourselves. We do something foolish or something stupid and we say, what the flip was I doing? Why did I do it? You know, we beat ourselves up. But uh, Romans chapter eight is a chapter that's very clear. And Catherine McAllister put it beautifully here one evening. You know, and she said, uh, therefore there in, in verse one, it says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And she says, the case is closed. And that is the truth. Jesus said, I did not come to condemn the world. I came that to seek and to save that which was lost, to seek and to save. Jesus came to save us. He came not only to save us so that when we die, we'll go to be with him in heaven, but he came that on this earth that we would be saved, that we would be healed, that we would live delivered and free in our minds, in our hearts, in our physical bodies, free in our relationships to, to love each other and to be kind to one another and not to be condemning and criticizing. But in verse um, 30, let's see which one it is. Romans 8, in um, verse 31, it says, What then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And it says in this one, the Amplified, who can be successful against us? The enemy is trying his best to be successful against people, to wipe them out, to destroy them, to steal from them, to steal their hope, steal their joy, steal their years. Do you know how many people have lived their whole lives in utter misery and they've been stolen from and robbed by the devil and they don't even know it? Because the word of God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And he's calling us, And in these days that we're in, like Martina said, he's calling people to come together regardless of where they've come from, regardless of their color of skin, regardless of their denominational background. He is calling people together to come and prioritize the one thing, to lift up his name. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. There are people and they're out there and they're trying to save this one and save that one. And they're trying to be the Holy Spirit in that person's lives if they only realized, if they would retract and spend time worshiping and ministering the Lord and, and allowing him to heal them, you know, he has promised us all of our families shall be saved. We stand on that promise and believe it and we see them saved. We don't see them, you know, um, like the way they're living or whatever, uh, you know, or, or, or whatever situation it is. You've got to stop looking at things in the natural and start looking at them with God's eyes. That's why he calls people, come up higher. Come up and see things from my perspective. If God is for you, who can be against you? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also... Along with him, graciously give us all things. Will you say this? Father God, Father, forgive me, forgive me for, the times for the times when I have blocked you, when I blocked you from giving to me. me, to me. Because your word, says, yes, your word says, because you gave everything, you gave everything your, son Jesus, your son Jesus, to die for me. To die for me. You will, give me you will give me graciously, me. graciously. graciously. All, things. All, things. all things, all things, everything, all things. I, need. everything I need: strength, strength. strength. Hope. hope, joy, joy. Peace. peace, patience, patience. patience. mercy, mercy. Uh, provision, provision. Protection. 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 You will give me all, things. Give all, all things. things. Amen. And then he goes on to say. Um, who will bring any charges against against you because you have been made and put into a right relationship with him by the power of his spirit through the blood that Jesus shed. Who is the one who condemns us? Christ Jesus is the one who died to pay our penalty and more than that was raised from the dead and who is at the right hand of God interceding (coughs) with the Father for us. You know, Jesus is there at the right hand of God and he is saying oh father look at him, look at her, look at how beautiful they are, look at look at everything in their lives, look at the way you made them, they are wonderful, they are beautiful. He's saying that about every person on this earth regardless of how they're living because he can say it by saying but father look at my blood, I know I see what they're doing but look at my blood, my blood and you know right up until people, until the breath evaporates from their body God is reaching out and crying out and longing for people to be restored to him. He does not want to see people messed up their whole lives and see their whole lives taken from them. He came, Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I came that you would enjoy your lives, that you would have a good life. Say that with me. Father, Father. you came, you came in, the form in the form of Jesus, of Jesus your son. Your son. So that, I would enjoy my life. so that I would enjoy my life. Forgive me, Forgive me for, allowing the devil for allowing the devil to steal, to, steal. to, kill, to kill, and to destroy, and to destroy my, life. my life. I make a decision, I make a decision that, from today that from
2: today
1: I am going to live, enjoy, and enjoy my life. Help me, Jesus. Help me Jesus. I, believe. I believe. Help my unbelief. <laughs> That's the truth, because a lot of people don't believe that, that God wants you to enjoy your life. But he does. So Jesus is there interceding, and then he says, who shall ever separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or sword, none of those things are going to separate us from God's love. He is very near. In fact, it says in Romans chapter 10, I think, he is very near. He is with you all the time. But the enemy is shouting so loud that you cannot feel the presence of God. And in verse 37, it says, Yet, in all these things, will you say that with me? Yet, Yet. in all these things, we, we, I, I am more more than a conqueror. And I gain... And an overwhelming victory, an overwhelming victory. victory. Through, him, through him, Jesus, Jesus. Who, loved so who loved me so much that he died for me. Died for me. for, I, am for I, am I am convinced beyond any doubt, beyond any doubt that neither death nor, nor, digest, nor life, nor, life nor, nor, angels, nor angels nor principalities nor, principalities, nor things present, nor things, present things, that threaten, things that threaten nor things to come, things to come nor, powers, nor powers nor height nor, height, nor depth, nor depth or, any thing, or any other created thing will be able, will be able to, separate me to separate me from the unlimited, from the unlimited love, of God, love of God which he demonstrated in jesus, in jesus the christ, the christ. His, son. his son amen i know you've probably forgotten what even the start of that was but it's gone down into your spirit amen. and you know as you speak out the word of god what it does is it heals and it restores you inside and it strengthens you from that's what the lord says you know he said that the eyes of your understanding may, o- may be opened well your heart your spirit man it's different from your physical heart you know, needs to be restored and renewed. And how you restore and renew it is by speaking the word of God. And it's the more you speak and read it, and and you know even listen to it, is what happens is is that you start to look at life with different eyes. And you say, well, why was I afraid of the uh, you know of this or of that? Because there's nothing can separate me from the love of God. And Lord, we just raise up today the nation of Ukraine, Father God, and the nation of Russia, and all of those other nations surrounding it, Lord, Um, (laughs) Romania, Moldova, Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, um, Slovenia, Slovakia, Czech Republic, Hungary, um, give me another one, Belarus, Belarus and uh, Serbia, and all those places, Father God, probably forgotten a load of them now, but anyway, you know, Lord, the general area. And we just cry out, you, for them today, Lord. And every threat that is against those people, every um, unclean spirit of, of, of death and destruction that's operating there, Father, we just send your word today in power. And we command that thing to be resolved in Jesus' name. Oh God, we cry that you would raise up godly leaders who will enter into dialogue and talk out their issues instead of trying to kill each other you know it's the spirit of murder and you can look at that as a war but i'll tell you there are plenty of of um, other situations that are going on even in families even in churches even in communities and towns even in clubs in different places where there's feuding going on and it's a spirit of murder that's behind it that's trying to to kill steal and destroy from those people And so, Lord, we just speak today, Father, for the glory light of Jesus Christ to shine upon that spirit of murder and assassination that has been released in that whole um, Eastern European... um, area, Father God, and we just speak, Father, for ministering angels to go forth and bring those people, by the scruff of the neck even, around the table, Father God, to sort out and uh, their, their differences, to repent and to uh, find a solution in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I want to read another scripture in... in uh, In uh, John chapter 1, John's Gospel. Not everything is as it appears to be. And very often things are going on behind closed doors that are shrouded in darkness and what needs to happen is is that the light of Jesus penetrates and this is why he he came to the earth was to bring light you you sang it Aileen you bring light you bring love Um, in John's gospel chapter one and verse one this is the amplified in the beginning Before all time was the Word, Christ, and the Word was with God. So Jesus was with God, and the Word was God himself, because, of course, Jesus is God. God is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is uh, three individual persons, and yet they are one. Their unity is, um, you know... Hard for us to take in, really, but that's how God wants us to live. Um, But anyway, he was continually existing. Jesus was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through Jesus, the Word of God. And without Jesus, the Word of God, not even one thing was made that has come into being. In him, Jesus, the Word of God was life and the power to bestow life and the life was the light of men. The light shines on in the darkness and the darkness did not understand it or overpower it or appropriate it or absorb it. And the light and the darkness is unreceptive to it. So, What he's saying here is is that Jesus, the word of God, is the light of the world and that God spoke everything into existence. And, you know, he said, as he is on this earth, so are we. So we have that same creative power with our words to speak life, to speak death, if you want, to speak blessings or to speak and release cursing. Uh, to speak and release love or to speak and release hatred and murder as I said uh, but the thing is is that the light always overpowers the darkness and it actually in, in the NLT I think it says it. the light quenches the darkness, I love that, you know long ago when they'd have um, candles or whatever or if you had a fire outside say um you know, out in the garden, a fire pit or something, at night before you go in, you know, you need to quench the fire to make sure that it's safe and that no sparks or something fly off. Or you you light a candle and before you go to town, you need to quench the candle, you know, you snuff it out. Well, light quenches the darkness. And Jesus came in the flesh to bring that light into the darkness. And his light is glorious and it, ex- it extinguishes the darkness. In Hebrews chapter 4, can we go there for a moment? This is just what the Lord has been ministering to me. So this isn't a sermon I've written. I'll just tell you what. Hebrews, where's Hebrews? Yeah, here it says, chapter 4. verse 12. For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energising and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit The completeness of a person and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. And not a creature exists that is not, that is concealed, sorry, from his sight, but all things are opened and exposed and revealed to the eyes of him with whom we have to give account. Well, the Word of God is living. You see, Jesus is alive. And that's why it's so important for people to understand. That's why those those pictures that show Jesus on the cross, like, it's not that they're wrong. You know, he did go on the cross, but they are wrong in that it portrays him as, you know, it doesn't show the full extent of the, the beating and the, the brutality that he endured. Because Isaiah chapter 53 says that he looked like a hunk of meat on the cross and not like a human being at all. But... Um the thing is, is that those pictures or, or, or crucifixes and things like that, that have Jesus on the cross, they're wrong. Because he's not on the cross. And he's not the baby in the crib. He grew up. He died on the cross, yes. But then God raised him from the dead. And you see... That is what is the whole structure and scaffolding of our faith, if you like. It says it in in Corinthians um, chapter 15, I think it is. It says that if there was no resurrection from the dead, then we have no hope for anything. You see, God raised him from the dead as a sign and as a seal and as a guarantee that he would raise you and me from the dead. And this is why we have to understand a lot of people are frightened of dying and they've got a spirit of the fear of death on their whole lives that causes them to live their lives in failure and defeat because this spirit of the fear of death is on them. But Jesus Christ is alive and we have to uh, understand that his light and that's why we, when we pray, we can see answers. When you pray in faith and according to the word of God, you God always confirms his word with signs following. Mm-hmm. So um, his word is alive. It's living, active, full of power, making it operative energizing and effective and that is why when you actually open the word of God or when you come to church and you study the word it's like that you you find that you get refreshed and that's why you go away different because you've just eaten uh, some living bread some living food and it pierces or penetrates even as far as the division between the soul and the spirit Our soul and our spirit uh, are are eternal, are both eternal. Our soul is our mind, will, emotions, our personality, our very inner being. Our spirit is, is, is the person that we are, that God created us to be. And our spirit is more alive than our physical body. Because our physical bodies will die someday. But our eternal spirit and soul will go to be with the Lord. And this is the hope we have. But in the meantime, not only that... God wants us to live energized, strengthened, alive, enjoying our lives, powerful, successful, not in defeat. He wants you to live victorious and as overcomers, as who he said you are and as who he made you to be. But the devil wants to do his best to make you sure, to to keep you pinned down. I actually wrote that, that down earlier on in the week. You know, I... That's what I've just seen is that the enemy has been almost, you know, physically holding people down, holding families down, holding nations down. When in fact, if those people would understand God's power and his greatness and his glory and his majesty, they would push him off in an instant and trample him under their feet. That's what we're supposed to do. But many of us have been living as, you know, stuck on the floor with the devil's two feet up on top of you, mushing you into the ground. That is not how God wants you to live. And that is not a word of condemnation, because we've all lived there. And we've all succumbed to it at times, where we haven't risen up and taken our authority. And the the greatest thing that the devil is afraid of, do you know that the reason the devil operates with such a strong spirit of fear is because he himself is full of fear. Because he knows what's his future and he knows what's going to happen and he knows his time is running out. And so because of the fact that when people are under his influence or have aligned themselves to doubt and unbelief to you know prioritizing other things over god to turning their backs on god or not not even knowing about him or whatever being ignorant of his word what happens is those people are under an influence of a master spirit which is the spirit of the world the god of this world who is the devil who is full of fear and that is why they are full of fear but when a person makes a decision to come out from that realm and enter into the kingdom of God by receiving Jesus, now suddenly you're under the spirit of God, the spirit of light, of wisdom, of, of love. That is why we, we cannot operate in criticism and condemnation because it's like we've got one, ki- one leg in one kingdom and one leg in the other. And you try walking like that and you look pretty odd and funny. And, and that's how a lot of people are walking. And to top it all, the devil is pushing them down and they're limping on top of it. So they're, they're looking extremely, you know, uh, crippled. And people are, are, are going through life in a crippled and a paralyzed state. And not only that, but their children are coming in under that as well. This is very serious. We need to get serious. You know, and that's why God said, seek me where I, I may be found. Because nobody knows what will happen tomorrow. You know, there are people who are making plans. uh, They're so sucked into delusion and deception. They're caught up in themselves and in what I want, what I need, what he did, what she did, what they did to me. It's all about me. And they're totally living under utter deception. And they don't know that they will have breath in their body tomorrow. We need to live and realize, uh, walk circumspectly, Paul said in the Bible, you know, that means you walk and you watch where you're walking and you watch how you're walking, how you're talking, how you're behaving. But most of all, watch that it isn't the devil who's pinning you down and holding you down defeated. While you're in Hebrews, can you go back to Hebrews chapter 2? I heard a teaching on this scripture back in I'd say 1997 and I still remember it and it still is something I come back to constantly. I think the Lord often speaks a life scripture to us and um, I wrote it out again this week. It's um, Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 and um, I wrote it out and put my own name in it but I, I encourage you to do the same. Um, And I'll read it from the Amplified, okay? Uh, Therefore, since Rose... So you can put your own in there. You don't have to call yourself Rose. Therefore, since Rose, God's daughter, that he delights in, shares in flesh and blood the physical nature of mankind, he himself, Jesus, the Son of God, the Word of God, the light of the world, in a similar manner, Also shared in the same physical nature, but without sin. So that means that just as we have flesh and blood, he came and was born in flesh and blood, the same as us, but with one difference. He did not sin, whereas all of us have sinned. So that, okay, why did he do that? Why did he take on... The, the, the human body, why did he come and be born and grow up and go through everything you know he fell, he cut his knees, he he swung off trees and fell off and hit his head and banged his, his you know uh, his shin uh, bone, uh, he stubbed his toe he, he did all of these things that we did he he went through life being rejected, being hurt being being wounded he he understands everything that we have gone through, but he never sinned. And the reason he didn't sin was because his blood was not human blood. His blood was from the Father. And he did this. Why? So that through experiencing death. So you see, you don't need to be afraid of dying. Jesus has already gone ahead of you. Not that you're going to die. Okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not Okay. But you do not have to be afraid of death or of the future or of, you know, failure. In fact, the word death actually translates to mean the failure of life. And so death means failure. There can be the death of a relationship where the relationship fails. There can be the death of a business where the business fails. Okay, Uh, death is failure. So Jesus experienced that For me and for you, so that he might make powerless, ineffective, and impotent, so that he removed the power basically from him who had the power of death and failure, that is the devil. So the devil had the power of death and failure. Because he sinned, he was booted out of heaven, he came down to this earth, he tricked Adam and Eve into giving him their authority, and now he has authority on this earth to bring destruction and death, not because God gave it to him, because man gave it to him. Man gave the devil his authority, and all of us have done that. All through our lives. As we have allowed the enemy. To run roughshod over us. To bring defeat. To bring failure. And you know that's something we have to wake up to. Who is king? Who have we aligned ourselves with? And we need to repent for it in the past. Where we have aligned ourselves with the devil. And, gave in an, and given him our authority. And allowed him to bring destruction. So. So that he might make powerless him who had the power of death and failure, that is the devil, and that he, that's a capital H, Jesus, might free those, free all those who through the haunting fear of death and failure were held in slavery throughout their lives. And that is how the enemy operates. He brings in fear. Uh, you know he he gets an access point whether it's through unforgiveness or bitterness or sin or immorality or cheating lying stealing you name the commandments whichever one of them or many of them it is that's where the enemy gets the access point because he then has the legal right to enter in because you have entered into his dominion and his territory and have now been subject to him as master and so he had uh, authority then To haunt you with a spirit of fear and to make it hang over you like a black cloud of doom, of disaster, of defeat, of failure all your life. And hold you captive in slavery. And there are people who have lived their lives in slavery to the devil and they don't even know it. And God is calling the church to rise up as an army, to go out and actually bring good news and to tell people, listen, there is a different way. And you know how you're going to tell them? You're going to tell them because of you having experienced it yourself. Where you can say, I was there and I can say I was there. I was full of terror and fear all of my life. Because of different things that happened. Traumas and and situations that occurred. And I was haunted. And terrorised. Into panic attacks. And and, and terrible. Foreboding. uh, Negativity. You know. If it can go wrong it will go wrong. Uh, You know that kind of a mindset. And it was actually through this scripture. The Lord set me free. And. I don't actually remember much else about what the man spoke about that night on that teaching. All I remember is is that the devil had the power to hold somebody in slavery to fear all their lives. But that's why Jesus came, to break that power and to take that authority off of Satan so that that person could be set free. And and that's Jesus' ministry. He came to set the captives free. Will you say that? I was a captive. I was a captive. But, now, but now, because of Jesus, because of Jesus I, have I have been set free. And I will live, and I will live in freedom. In freedom. And, my and my children will live in freedom. And I tell you, devil, tell you, devil take, your take your hands off my life, my, life, my relationships, my, relationships my, children, my children, my work, my, work, my, finances, my, finances, my finances, my health, no longer, no longer will, you will you speak to me or hold me down, hold me down. instead, instead I, will I will rise up in my authority, in my authority and, point my and point my finger into your nose, into your nose and tell, you, and tell you, you you have been defeated by the, by the blood of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. And, never again and never again will you torment me, torment me with the fear of death our failure. Our, failure. Our failure. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Look, that's all I say to you. Oh, yeah, one final one. This is the first final one. Okay. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 4. How are we fixed to time? Asha, oh, we have ours yet. It's not dark yet. Proverbs chapter 4. the amplified again I'll read it for you in verse 20 well actually you could go up a bit farther to the dark there Um, doesn't it say there somewhere that the darkness um, oh yeah it is in verse um, 18 but the path of the just the righteous okay we are the righteous because of the blood of Jesus His blood has made us right with God. The path of the just, righteous, is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day. So you've got this beautiful picture of, you know, if you want to... Don't you love when you look at an artist and how they how they articulate their their gift onto paper or onto canvas and they paint this and you say you know what a talent a a picture of of somebody a road in front of somebody and the first gleam of dawn is starting there's just a a hint of that light that early east light that you see when the sun is about to break up and, and come up over the horizon and then what happens It starts getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until it reaches the pinnacle and the height of the day and everything you know uh, if you go out in the morning um say the summer mornings when it starts to get bright at at half four or whatever four o'clock sometimes um you know but if you go out at like half three it's still dark and you know if you're going out Uh, down the road for a walk you could fall if there's a pothole or something but once 4am comes there's a bit of light and you can start to see the path and then once five o'clock comes you can see the whole place if it's a sunny day the sun is shining and and everything is exposed Well, that's what that's talking about there the path of the righteous is like this light that shines brighter but it says in 19 the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. So, you know, for, for people who are living in darkness, it's, it's a lonely place to be. It's a dark place to be. It's a, it's a frightening place to be because, you know, when it's dark and you can't see, it can be frightening. That's why we turn on the lights. Because the light quenches the darkness and it exposes anything that may be hiding. I see there um, down the National Park in Killarney, they've made such a beautiful job in various places where, you know, it would have been extremely overgrown with trees, and I love trees, they're beautiful, but they've actually made a great job. They've started thinning out the trees, so cutting down a load of them, leaving then a certain amount of them. And so in places where it would have been maybe dangerous to go walking on your own um, in recent times, now it's actually very safe because there's no more hiding places. The, the the trees have been thinned out. The light is coming in and you can see exactly who's or what's in there and nobody, you know, there, there's no hiding places and this is how the enemy operates and when when the word of God, when somebody takes on the word of God and starts talking to the Lord and starts studying the word and proclaiming it over their lives, write it out, write it, you know, even on little cards and pin it on your, in your mirror. I remember one time um, I, it was a bad time we were going through and um, I had a load of different scriptures written out and I had them all sellotaped to the walls of our little bathroom and one day a guy came to do a job at the house and uh, he said, can I use the bathroom before I go And I said, you can go straight in there or whatever and uh, anyway gee Chris, he was in there for about a half an hour <laughs> but he came out and he was drying his hands he came out and he said, thanks, thanks very much now and, and he was He was, like, really touched, I'd say. He obviously, you know, was having a great read of all the scriptures, and uh, but that's how the Word of God, it penetrates and it changes how things look to you, you know, and um, so for people who don't know the Word, they're living in darkness, and we have to have, as the church, we have to have compassion on them, you know, and to pray for them and reach out for them, and and help them. Um, But anyway, he says in 20, my son, This was Solomon talking to his son. Pay attention to my words, but it's the Lord speaking to you today. So my son or my daughter, pay attention to my words and be willing to learn. Open your ears to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. For they are what? Life to those who find them and healing and health to all their flesh. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Mm -hmm. So, you see, our heart, that is our inner man, our emotions... uh, it it really, if you like, sets the tone for a person's life. So if emotionally we are being haunted by fear, tormented by the enemy, torn apart by feuding or confrontation or strife or whatever, then our heart, you know, that's what Jesus said in Matthew's gospel. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So we need to listen to hear what kind of words am I speaking? Because you know, whatever it is that's going on inside of me is coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. and um, But God's word, Jesus Christ, is the word of God. Remember that. So he said, you know, my words our life to those who find them and health and healing to all their flesh so Father we pray today for all those people who are sick, all those people who are dealing with infirmities dealing with diseases, dealing with you know terminal diseases Father God, even people who have been given no hope Lord by the doctors God we cry out today for you to, to you for them in the name of Jesus and we send your word and power into their bodies and we ask you to touch them and heal them in Jesus name Lord that they would come to know You and um, in while you are in there, uh, Sam 107. And look, you'll have to read it yourself at home because it is long, and I don't want to put you to sleep. (laughs) Are you bored? No, oh, good. (laughs) There's only um, 43 verses in it, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) okay, (laughs) like Richard, that was the best ever. You know, when we were in lockdown and we were doing the podcasts and Richard would send in a, a little recording every week and first he was only uh, giving the Father's blessing, you know, from number six, which he always does every every meeting here. But uh, then he started to read a few Psalms, which was wonderful. Like, he was really blessing us. And then one day, <laughs> I still can see myself in the hall, and, and Louise said... This is funny because Louise was the one doing the recording for him with the phone and she said she had the exact same reaction because <laughs> she has the phone ready for him, ready, pressed record and off he goes Sam 119 and she goes she looks at him like this because there's like 100 and um, whatever it is, 50 verses in that Sam, She was like "Look, how am I going to hold my finger on the button for this long? And it was the same when when it came, when the recording, when she sent it to me then, and I heard him saying, Psalm 119, I was going, oh my God. But he he was only reading a portion of it. He fooled us all. It was a great joke. (laughs) But um, in Psalm 107, um, in verse one, I give, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His compassion and his loving kindness endure forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. So we have to say so. We have to speak out. Our faith is, is, is a speaking faith. You know, uh, so we have to say and, and proclaim God's word. That's how you turn back the enemy. And the devil, the, he is terrified that the church would actually grab a hold of this because he knows that then he will not be able to hold you back. Because when Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan came to tempt him or to, to harass him and oppress him, Jesus never responded with anything else except the word of God. And it said that Satan left him because he knew he couldn't get the better of him. He cannot get the better of you when you have the word of God and when you say so, when you let it out of your mouth. In verse six, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he rescued them from their distresses. He led them by the straight way. You see, he wants to do that. He, he has a path for you to follow and he wants you on that path and he wants to bring you along it and hold you up, and lift you, and strengthen you, and protect you. In verse 8, let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness, and for his wonderful acts to the children of men, for he satisfies the parched throat, and fills the hungry appetite with what is good. You know, that's what he longs for, his people to hunger and thirst for him, and um, there are people who are actually physically hungering and thirsting today, and you know, um god does not want people to live like that he does not want people to live in poverty he does not want those all those people that have been uh, had to leave their homes and live as refugees in in all the eastern european countries and god bless them for opening their homes and people in ireland here are doing it as well and you know god bless them but those people want to be back in their own homes they want to be working their own jobs living in their own lives in their own with their own families and we just believe that lord that you will turn this whole thing um and, and, and bring deliverance to them in Ukraine in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Some dwell in darkness and in the deep, deathly darkness, prisoners bound in misery and chains. You see, that's where people are at in, in the darkness. But God, Jesus came to bring the light. And then in verse 13, it says, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the deep deathly darkness and what else and he broke their bonds apart the shackles that were holding them to fear to torment to failure to defeat to to feuding or or or, or fighting or whatever god wants to break those shackles but it's going to take us being vulnerable with him and yielding to him and offering him the sacrifice of praise even in the midst of of trouble um he has shattered the gates of bronze in verse 16 and cut the bars of iron apart. Hallelujah. Um, again, it says there in 19, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distresses. In verse 20, he sent his word, that's Jesus. He sent his word, Jesus, his son, and healed them and rescued them from their destruction. And you know you can pray that you can pray that for the nation of Ukraine. You can pray it over your finances if they're in a destructive state. Lord Jesus, you sent your word. You have healed me. You have healed my finances, and you 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 have delivered me from every destruction. You can speak it over your body. Lord Jesus, you you came. Uh, God sent you to heal me physically, emotionally, mentally. and to deliver me and my physical body from every destruction. Like we read earlier in Proverbs 4, his word is life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So as we proclaim his word, we are proclaiming life and life will flow and you will start to see things changing and start to see uh, circumstances transforming. Amen? Amen. And in verse 28 and 29, again, they cried out to the Lord. He brought them out of their distresses. And in 29, I love this. He hushed the storm to a gentle whisper so that the waves of the sea were still. And I pray that today for you, as I said earlier at the start. I pray the peace of God upon you today, upon your families, upon your lives, upon your finances, upon your relationships, upon your work, upon your businesses. And that, God, that you will see him hushing every storm in Jesus' name. Praise God. In uh, Luke chapter 1, I'll just read this for you. um, In verse 77. It was actually John the Baptist's father, um, Zechariah, speaking this. And he was speaking it over John. And, you know, John the Baptist is called... Um, the apostles asked Jesus, who, who was John? And he said, I tell you, he was this Elijah come, you know, the spirit of Elijah. But funny, in the book of Malachi, it talks about two, um, you know, types of Elijah. And, and the second Elijah, the first Elijah who came back was, was John the Baptist... Preaching the word of God. But the second Elijah, I believe, is the church, you know, and and to be able to preach and and, and bring the good news and to demonstrate, I suppose, the kingdom of God and the power of God. And um, in verse uh, 77, um, he's talking to John the Baptist here, but he's he's talking to, or he's prophesying over the uh, mental. Of John, the mantle he was carrying, which I believe that the church today are carrying, because God is using us. John was a type and a foreshadow of the church coming and proclaiming, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, be baptized and be restored to God. And so he's prophesying here even to the church, I believe. And he says, Uh, In 76, for you will go before the Lord the Messiah to prepare his ways, to give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise, the Messiah, from on high, will dawn and visit us, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in a straight line into the way of peace and serenity and it says then that the john that john the child continued to grow and become strong in spirit and you know that's you as well because through the word of god what you're doing is you're growing and i was just thinking the other day that you know when we were young most of us were reared on on bottles of milk weren't we as babies and um you know some mothers fed their babies themselves and others used bottles and uh, with you know mix and all that but like i remember several instances of people who i knew who um say when they were five six years of age they still had a bucky, a secret one <laughs> do you know and they'd get it at home at and night maybe going to bed they'd have to have their little bottle of milk and it was a comfort and a and a you know, a nurturing thing to them. And I know of uh, one person um, who would come home from school and go rob the baby's bucket and go in under the table with the bottle of milk himself, you know, and um, it it was always a secret, it was a very shameful secret to, to, to still have a bottle, you know, which is like a load of rubbish because it was their comfort it was like a dodo you know as well and or a blankie everybody has something and uh, um but the thing is is that i think that the church that we are like that those little children that are say maybe five six seven years of age that it's time to be putting away the baki uh and to be starting well there's nothing wrong with still having a comfort but you need to be starting to eat some meat as well and eat some veg and eat some proper meals because what we used to see, one uh, of my own brothers, he was like three years uh, you know, of age, and he still had his battle, and he had all the signs of it as well, because he was a fine, big, burly fellow. He was the strongest of the whole lot of us, uh, because he loved his battle so much. And Mom used to go out at night, to you know, if she was going to church or something, and she'd say, rock the baby. You'd be going, over, you know, and you have to rock the baby to sleep. And he'd be looking at you, drinking the battle. And he was about a year and a half, this stage, two years of age. And he'd be looking at you drinking the bottle and you'd say, shut your eyes and go to sleep will you, you little brat. <laughs> and no way would he budge. He'd drink the whole bottle and drain it. And then he'd look at you and, and you could see the glint in his eyes. And he'd shove up the bottle to you and he'd go, more mick. <laughs> so... Mom then used to freak out when she said, did you give him two bottles of milk? I was like, I gave him four bottles of milk just to shut him up and make him go to sleep. Like, <laughs> But, um, you know, because she said, the milk is bad for him because he's not eating. He's dinner's then. He won't eat his dinner. He's full of sugar and full of milk because the milk turns to sugar instantly in the body. And, of course, that's why they love it so much. Hi. I wasn't his mother. I didn't care. I'd give him whatever he wanted once he leave me alone <laughs> and go to sleep, you know. But um, I think that many of us are like that. It is time to put away the baki and start eating the meat of the word and getting into the word of God, you know. So I encourage you with that. And and if you still have a bottle, look, it's okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. But make sure you're getting some nutrition from meat and veg as well. Okay, so... Um, The child continued to grow and to become strong. So you are growing and becoming stronger in your spirit. You're becoming stronger in your wisdom and your understanding because the more of God that you allow to pour into yourself. You know, somebody said that at that meeting last night. I thought it was really well put. Um, He said, um, none of, none of, no. All of me, none of God. Some of me, some of God. None of me, all of God. And you know, that's the thing is is that we have to allow the Lord to transform us and to change us and to to walk stronger and walk straighter. I encourage you, put your shoulders back, stand up straight and realise that you are a child of the Most High God. You are a son, you are a daughter of the King. You have the authority of Jesus Christ on you, and you can walk with that authority and take that authority over those things that the enemy has tried to torment you and abuse you with. Amen? Amen. 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 So we'll take the bread. Father God, God, I thank you you. for this bread. 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 It was once a whole piece. piece. Now Now it is broken. Just as, as Jesus, Jesus. you allowed your body body to be broken broken for me, me. so that I could be made whole, whole. you endured the cross, Jesus. You endured the the beating, the the rejection, the the grief, the grief, the the fear. You endured it all so that I could be set free. Jesus, you have redeemed me. Jesus, you have redeemed me. That, means you have that means you have brought good out of my bad. Out of my bad. You have you given me, have me your, beauty your beauty for my ashes. For my ashes. I, yield them to you. I yield them to you. I give you my life. Give you, my life. You, are my redeemer, you are my redeemer and I say so, and I, say so. I, take this bread I take this bread in remembrance, in remembrance of, what you did for me. of what you did for me and I eat understanding, and I eat understanding. Healing, healing strength, strength. courage strength. Wisdom, wisdom and knowledge, and knowledge. Amen. Amen and he said do this in mem- remembrance of me that's what we're doing it doesn't matter whether it's a piece of bread or a biscuit or a piece of chocolate or whatever you have to hand. You know, it's it's not the item itself. It's, the, it's what it's symbolizing, and it's symbolizing his body. Mm. That's why he said, you must eat my flesh. Okay, Jesus is the word of God. So when we um, uh, study and eat uh, uh, his word, we are we are eating his flesh we are understanding what he's done for us and who we are more importantly you know because you can understand what he's done and you can believe that but you may not be secure in your identity and in who you are in him and um, that's where the, the issue may be where the enemy is still you know, holding you down and it's not, uh, not going to take um, anything at all for the enemy to let go of you people think it's too much, it's too, it's too much of a struggle, it's too much of a battle, I can't do it. You know, they're like, like the horse and Sminky shots, I can't do it. But uh, that's not who you are. You're an overcomer. And there are more with you than there are against you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? So I'll take the cup. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word, for your blood. I have been washed today and cleansed by the washing of your word. My life has been cleansed by the washing of your blood. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for living under the circumstances. For allowing, for allowing the devil, the devil to, pin me down, to pin me down. To trick me. To, trick me, to deceive, me to, deceive me, to rob me. to rob me. I repent, I repent of sin, of sin in, my life in my life. That opened the door, opened the door to, give to give him access. I now shut the door. Devil, and I tell you devil. Never again, never again will, you will you make you me. Make Feel, feel, or live, or live defeated, defeated in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, I take this cup, I take this cup in remembrance, in remembrance of, your of your blood that you shed for me. Shed for me. And, I and I rejoice in God my Savior. God bless Amen. My Savior. You know, that's what Mary said when she prayed, when the angel came to her. And in the middle of that verse, she said, my soul rejoices in God, my savior. We all needed a savior. And Jesus came and he made it simple. He didn't make it complicated. And it's the enemy is constantly trying to cause confusion and turmoil in order to complicate and clutter things. And that's how he clutters people's lives and he clutters their heads with stuff that's going on or with feelings or or traumas from the past it causes clutter well god is not the author of confusion or clutter he is the he is the god of order and he wants to bring order into your life in those areas it's like we said before you know when when somebody comes to visit your house and you long ago, you know, we used to do it anyway tell, I used, well me, John didn't care, but I told the children, don't ever open that press when anyone comes in here do you hear me? <laughs> don't ever let anybody into your room today because of the cut of it let's put all of the, the stuff and the crap into that room and let's shut the door when they're coming and nobody open it, got that? <laughs> you know, and, and that's what our lives are like often, and you know what the Lord wants us to do is take all the stuff out, and bring it out into the open, and then deal with it, dump it or put it somewhere in its place so that you can open all the doors in your house you know, uh, I used to say that as well, the days you'd clean the house Uh, We can all sit down safe in the knowledge tonight that no one will call anyway, that's for sure, because no one ever calls when it's clean. But uh, all the doors were wide open and anybody could walk in and see the place, you know, and and that's what our lives are like. Uh, We have to see that the enemy causes circumstances, causes busyness, causes distractions or attacks to get us full of clutter. And so that it's like you can't even think straight. But I, I just want to pray today for you. Father, I just release a blessing today now in the name of Jesus, and I thank you for the fire of God, the power of God uh, to fall upon each person here. Holy Spirit, we ask you today, just lift up your hands. Oh, Holy Spirit, we ask you today to come and to baptize us afresh with your power. Lord, you are the, uh, the God of order, and we ask you to forgive us for the times where we have come under confusion or where circumstances have brought clutter and overwhelming stress. And I take authority over that. Those attacks that have have caused wounds and grief and sorrow and and pain in people's hearts here today, where there has been fear and defeat and failure. And I say in Jesus' name that is broken today. We bind you, devil, and we release today the spirit of life and the light of the world to shine in in every area of your heart and bring freedom and joy and His peace and hope in Jesus' name. Amen thank you father we thank you for healing thank you for physical healing in people's bodies because lord you always confirm your sign your word with science following and we thank you father you are so faithful to your word and i thank you for turn around today in people's lives in their finances in their in their families their children in their physical bodies lord i thank you for those things that the enemy has tried to tie them down with shackle them with to be broken in jesus name thank you for the power of your word lord oh We praise you, Jesus.